Good to be with you. I will not try to take too much time on the preliminaries. I want to get right on the message. You have a beautiful church, absolutely gorgeous. You have a beautiful congregation, most of them absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> you have one of the greatest pastors that I've ever known. And his wife is one of the greatest speakers and missionaries that I have ever known. Love you and thank you for 30 plus years that we walked together. He said he had two heroes, his father-in-law and me. And he said, they're getting a little bit old. <laughs> I passed getting a little bit old 25 years ago. My next birthday will be 85 years old. I'm going to, this service is going to be a little bit different. I want to talk about my goal. My goal is to be in that reunion, the great reunion in the sky. The apostle talks about that. First Thessalonians, he says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. Now you, I hope, will understand me when I speak. I had a stroke July the 5th, and it affected my speech. So they take me to the hospital, Make me do exercises, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. So a speech therapist comes in and she says, repeat this and repeat that. And she said, you're going to have to learn to exaggerate. I thought, my Lord, so that's what happened to all of those preachers, televangelists, politicians, must have been tons of strokes going on. So hopefully my exaggeration today will be truth, but maybe you will be able to understand my pronunciation a little bit. But there's going to be a reunion in the sky. God is going to show up. Jesus says so. And the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. 
chances are I'm going to rise before you. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we who remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds forever to be with the Lord. That great reunion in the sky, that's my goal. That's where I'm heading. That's where I'm going. I can only imagine how wonderful it's going to be when I see the wonderful people of Church on the Rock, Texarkana, when I see my family, when I see my friends, when I see 40-plus years of ministry to the people of Mexico, and they will all be gathered there. I can only imagine what a wonderful time that's going to be. Oh, my God. How how can I even think of being able to stand in the presence of all of that? There's been a lot of good reunions in life. I touched on some last night. I will bypass most of them. But there was Jacob and Esau, Joseph and his brothers, the prodigal son, his dad. Great reunion, hugging, kissing, embracing, glad to be in that reunion. Glad that it all works out, that they could be together there in that reunion. But the apostle Paul says, Oftentimes, there are storms before those reunions. Bad storms. The storm before the reunion with Esau and Jacob. You read the story. Unbelievable. 20 years of bickering and fighting and not trusting. But they came together, hugging and kissing the reunion started. Same with Joseph, sold into slavery at 17 years of age. For 20 years, he was a, a, a slave of Egypt. But there was a reunion that was unbelievable when his brother came and he said, I am Joseph, your brother crying, hugging, rejoicing, so loud the Egyptian hierarchy heard them. Great reunions, but oftentimes storms precede those reunions. Paul was in the storm of all storms in the 27th chapter of Acts. It was so bad. He said, all hope of being saved was gradually abandoned. The storm. No hope left. Hope's all gone. 
they're not going to make it. All hope gradually abandoned. But Jesus said that all things are possible. To him who believeth, all things are possible. Don't give in to your storm. The encouragement of the Apostle Paul was, be encouraged. Do not give in. Do not give up. Continue on because there is hope in God. There is hope in your storm. There is hope when you're in difficult situations. I want to show you some pictures now. If we can turn those pictures on. My goal is to see not only my family, my God, my friends. My goal is to see some of these pictures to in the reunion, some of these pictures. Seven young boys. It's okay. That was just my watch. <laughs> I want you to look at these seven young men. What, what can seven young men who's never been to college, never been to uh, any, any type of uh, study of the word, seven young men, and they all got together and decided they wanted to be preachers. The world wouldn't have given them 10 cents of a chance. But Jesus said, all things are possible to he who believes. And these seven young boys in their mid-20s believed that they could preach the gospel. From those seven boys... Little did they know of the storms that they would be facing. Octaviano is one. Carlos is one. Jose is one. Seven of them were going to preach the gospel. From, that, from those seven, let's have another picture. Show me the next picture. This is those seven men now, from seven to 15 presbyters, 15 presbyters. Let me have the next one. From seven to 232 pastors and preachers two weeks ago, at that reunion in Tuxla, Chiapas. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Never give up. But you mentioned, Pastor, that oftentimes storms precede reunions. Surely at 25 years of age, there was not going to be many storms in their lives. 
Anytime you set out to do something for God, you can expect storms to come your way. Carlos, who's the president of all that we do in Mexico, one of those young boys for 25, now they're in their mid-50s, and Carlos is over all of those churches. So it was wonderful. Surely, when he said, I want to be a preacher, surely everything was going to go well. Preachers don't have problems. People have problems. Preachers, their road is paved with gold. Let me tell you the storm that hit Carlos. Carlos married a young lady. He was just about 20 years of age, maybe even 18 or 19. And he married a young lady about the same age. And everything was going well for a few months. The next thing that happened the young lady began to go out at night, his wife, began to associate with the world, began to get involved with sin, and came back and told that young Carlos, 25-year-old boy, I don't want to be a pastor's wife. I don't want to be married to you. I don't want anything to do with the church. <clears throat> Can you imagine how Carlos felt? I'm going to quit. There's no more that I can do. My life is ruined. I'm stained. No one will pay any attention to me. Wrong. Wrong. Carlos went to the platform of his church. He said, turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms 23. They all turned to Psalms 23. He said, I want to announce to you that today I've entered into the valley of the shadow of death. He hadn't been that long in ministry, did not know how to cope with all this problem. He said, I have entered into the valley of the shadow of death. I do not know how long I will be there. And he preached the message. Ten years I walked with Carlos in that valley. Ten years I held his hands. But one greater than I walked in that valley with Carlos as well. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You don't give up. You don't walk away. You don't lay it down. In the midst of your storm, there's hope as long as there's a Christ. 
Ten years later, to the day, he goes back to the platform and stands behind his pulpit. And he says, open your Bibles and turn to Psalms 23. He said, today, I have exited the valley of the shadow of death. And I want to invite all of you to my wedding in two weeks. All the way from Switzerland, Barbara came because of the plan of God. And now they have three boys, a great ministry. And Carlos is known all over the country of Mexico. He didn't give up when the storms came. If you're planning on doing something to God, know that there will be storms in your life. One of the other men is Octaviano. He's up there in a moment. You show back on that picture. Octaviano. He was one of the seven. He's one of the presbyters. I was with him a couple of weeks ago. He lost his beloved wife, Pasquala. She died. We wept together. We hugged together. But that was not just the first storm. Leaving Atoyac, driving up the mountain to San Cristobal, it's a winding road. There are no protections on the side. And he was going from our headquarters in Chenalo, driving up to his home in, uh, in, in, uh, in the mountains. When all of a sudden he was pushed off the mountain road by an oncoming vehicle that crowded him out. Rolling, rolling. Seemed like it would never stop over and over and over until it came down to the valley. Surely he's dead. Surely he could not survive that. Surely he would forever be gone. When a car came to a stop, the door opened and out stepped Octaviano. Not a scratch on his body. <clears throat> Even the devil could not kill him. He's one of the 15 presbyters that I showed you a moment ago. Now let's go on a little bit further. This is not boring, is it? This is part of the 232 pastors and preachers two weeks ago in a reunion in Tuxla. I want you to look at this picture here. It's a little church that this lady and her husband founded 25 years ago. Not much of a building, but it was good enough for 25 years. 
They began to build a wall around that church. Here we are in the fall of last year. This is how we build. There are no cranes to lift up the steel. It's hard work. And so here's a group of men from Tickfall, Louisiana. And they came. And together we were able to put that roof on the church. Let's go on again. Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. In October, I drove four hours from my headquarters in Tuxla up the mountain to go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. Four hours there, four hours back, 18 million curves, steam. And Carlos thought he was in the Indianapolis 500. Now that lady there, let me tell you about her. She was a pastor. She was one of seven pastors, but the only woman in the mountain. Go tell it on the mountain. The only woman pastor. And the hierarchy of her group said, we don't want you anymore. Hundred and plus people in her congregation, and they kick her out. Not only did they kick her out, they tore the building down. That's what politics does. Politics. So what are you going to do? You're going to believe God that after the storm is over, you're going to be the victorious one. We left it. They were living in mud huts. Adobe building, poor people, indigenous people. And I said, where are you wanting a church? So we went up a few hundred yards from that Adobe village where she was living. Walked out, looked down a little area that they had leveled off in the mountains, high up in the mountain. Go tell it on the mountain. I love that song. And the congregation followed her, and we stood there. That little spot right there, Carlos and his men. And I said, we will build you a church. Your church, no one will ever take it from you. No one will ever tear it down. And she turned and rested her head on my shoulders. I don't know if it's there or not there. She cried. I cried. Satan, you're a liar. From the pit of hell, you're a liar. 
You're not going to destroy the ministry of this woman. We're going to tell it on the mountains, over the hills, down in the valleys. Go on and see if there's any more pictures. Probably the last one. Storms will come, but don't give up. Do not give up. In the midst of your most difficult times, hold on to the unchanging hand of an unchanging God. He's with you. Don't give up. Paul said, Forgetting things that are past, looking forward to things that lie ahead. I press on to the goal. Forgetting the storms, Paul said, I'm going to continue on, pressing on until I reach my goal. I told you my goal. My goal is to be at that reunion in the sky. I'm going to make it. I am going to make it because I'm not going to give up. You want to know what Paul had to forget? Paul said, forgetting things that lie behind. Five times I received 39 lashes, imprisoned, beaten without number, often in danger of death. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers in the city, dangers in the country, dangers in the wilderness, dangers in the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardships through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from all of this is the daily cares of the churches. Forgetting the past, the Apostle Paul said, looking to the future. I press on. I have faced, as Paul, numbers of storms. Ten years ago, I had just come off the, off the rivers. I did the Red River from here to the Gulf of Mexico, the Mississippi from its beginning to the Gulf of Mexico, the Missouri. I, I had just come off. I was 74 years old. I came off the rivers 
I was alone all of that, that time. The dangers that I faced more than anything were the storms. But there was one storm that I had never faced. 30 days after, 74 years of age, I was on a mountain in Mexico when the stroke hit. You can't imagine how I felt. In the prime of my life, now all my ministry is over. Horrible thought. But in the last 10 years, I've been more productive than any time in my lifetime because I did not give up. I did not give up. I refused to give up. I went back to Mexico again and again and again and again and again because my Lord said, I send you. And he hasn't said, come home. Not yet. I still wrestle, not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, rulers of the darkness of this world. Two weeks ago, I had something hit me. At four o'clock in the morning, I did not know where I was in my own bed, in my own home. But I had no idea where I was. So confused. I went to God and I said, God, I know this is an attack, not only on me, but on your ministry, on your people, on the people that will hear the gospel. And I rebuked the devil four o'clock in the morning. I said, God, come, come. And then it quietened down. I had no idea where I was. But I resisted the devil. And I hope I scared him enough that he's still running. He will flee from you. Storms will come. If you've got a call on your life to do anything for God, don't give up in tough times. You have friends here. You have pastors here. You're the best pastor that I've ever known. And his wife is a fabulous preacher, missionary, wanted all over Mexico. No, there's no posters on her. People saying, come, 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 come. So don't fight your storm alone. The staff here are fabulous people. Don't fight your storm alone. Call on them. They will be quick to answer your call. They will bind up the devil and they will stand with you throughout your storm until you can gloriously say, I am free. Would you stand with me this morning?
If you think you've been struggling too long, remember these pictures. Remember the lady with that little church. 25 years later, she got her building. Think about that. And when you need help, share it. In the name of Jesus, Father, bless your people, Lord. In the times of storms, and storms will come. No, let them know that you're with them, Jesus. You're never going to forsake them. You're never going to leave them. But you're going to be with them throughout the storm. And we will reach our goal. I want to be there when those seven young boys walk up in that reunion in the sky. I want to see these that we saw pictures of in that reunion in the sky. Encourage us, Father, we pray in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Give him a big hand. We appreciate it. Well, you got two things today. I hope your vision for the world and your part in it is expanded. For the Christian, Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. You know what? If I go somewhere and just show up, not much happens. But if I can connect myself to what we call an apostolic man, someone that's been called to the nation, how many know we can partner then with them and do our part as American Christians to see the gospel go around the world? Many of the pictures he showed you were among the descendants of the Mayan Indians. Uh, Christianity Today, I think it was in the 1980s, called these Chamula Indians the most violent people group in the Western Hemisphere. But that's an amazing thing. There was no Christian church. There was a sprinkling of Catholicism. They were just a violent people. Well, today, well, Brother Larry went down with a man named Ayala that fell away from the Lord, and they started a work in southern Mexico in these mountains. And today, there's literally tens of thousands of these Mayan descendants, these short people that, that live in the mountains, live in the hills, that grow corn on the side of a mountain to survive, that are Christians. Now, whole villages come to Christ when the gospel comes in. Uh, the pictures he showed you were not the whole scope of his ministry. It was just a part of it. I mean, it was one section. So it's been an honor for us to partner with you for the last 31 years. And uh, you got to make it at least to 105. So that gives us another 20 more years, huh? I we hope can... I make it one more year. <laughs> there was another thing that he said, the reunion in the sky. Last night, he talked a little bit more about that. But he read the scripture. Remember the first scripture we read? That one day, the trumpet call of God will sound. The dead in Christ, those believers in Jesus Christ who have died in cemeteries all over the world, and perhaps on the USS Arizona, somehow their bodies are going to be resurrected. They're going to be renewed and made new. And we're going to meet the Lord in the air to be with him forget forever. And I turned to my wife and I said, your grandmother will be there. Your uncle Lyndall will be there. And then I started thinking about, because they've died already. And then I started thinking about my family. All my grandparents are dead. But I know two of my grandparents deeply committed as Lutheran people. I know they're in heaven. 
my other grandmother, she was a Methodist. I can remember we lived in a little duplex out in the country. Not like a duplex you see today. Basically, it was a farmhouse, and they built a couple rooms on it when my dad got married. But I remember every day I'd go over to Grandma's house on her side, kind of walk through where the dish, where the washing machine was, the adjoining hall, and she'd be there reading her Bible. But the grandparent I don't know about is my granddaddy, called him Gran. Loved him dearly. Granddaddy died in his mid-70s. He was drinking a case of beer a day, and he was smoking a pack of unfiltered cigarettes every day, and he had a heart attack and died. But let me tell you where my hope is for my granddaddy. I remember when I got saved, and I came back, and I had a burden for my family. And I talked to him. We were, we were in a field looking at the cows. They were grazing on a field that had been harvested. With all those cows in front of us, he loved to do that. I talked to Granddaddy about Jesus. I talked to Granddaddy about the Roman road and the path of salvation. Now, at that moment, I prayed for him, but I didn't hear him say, I want to be a Christian. But my confident hope is, is that between that day and the day he had that stroke, that he reached out to Jesus Christ. And in that reunion, I'll see my Granddaddy again. Well, how many know all of us in this room today have family members that if they were to die today, you don't know if they'd go to heaven or hell, that they're not walking with God. And here's what I'd like to do. We're going to pray for those family members right now because this Christmas time could be the time when we see them and families come together. It, this could be the time where we could talk to them about Christ and plant a seed in their heart that could change them forever. So I want you to think now, if you've got family members, I'm going to ask Brother Larry to pray for them in just a moment. If you've got family members that are away from God and need Jesus Christ, and you want to commit yourself to the Lord to do what you can to reach them, would you just lift your hand right now and just say, I want to see all my family members in heaven, and I'm willing to be used by God. Now let's do this before he prays. I want you to think of those people right now. I want you to just close your eyes a minute for a private moment with God. And I want you to just call their name to heaven right now. Just say it, just say it out loud and under your breath, but just say their name right now to heaven. Picture them in your mind's eye, and we're going to believe that they're going to be in heaven in Jesus' name. Father, in the name God, of Jesus, I believe, bend down low and hear the heart beat of these parents these loved ones for a child that's wayward right now oh god touch him bring him home lord let him hear the gospel somewhere from somebody and i pray father that not one single name that was called out this morning will be lost but we will all meet them all together in that great reunion, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, children. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, encourage the parents not to give up, but to continue to believe you, Father, that their children and their loved ones will come to you. Yeah. This we ask. In your wonderful name, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before we close, I want to recognize we have another missionary team today, uh, Harold Good and his wife. Would you just wave your hand at everybody? See him right over here? She's a little, he's a little taller than she is. Uh, 
they're Bible translators for the underground church, and they can't even tell you sometimes the nations, and I think I'm correct in this, the nations that they've translated for. They're with Wycliffe Bible translators. Wave your hand again. I want you to look back at them because I want you to greet them today. They, uh, they live, I think, Colorado. Anyway, they're out of state. They're out of state, and they're just here visiting the chateaus. But to make them feel at home, and uh, because how many know we are a part of the broader body of Christ around the world. Praise the Lord. Listen, thank you so much. Our prayer team is going to be here as we close the service now. If you need prayer for anything, the prayer team will be here. And let me say this. If you're here today and you're away from God, maybe you didn't mean to do it. Maybe you don't know how it happened. Maybe you don't know how to find God. We'd like to pray for you today. Maybe you need to commit your life to Jesus Christ. You don't know if you died today, if you'd go to heaven or hell. Friends, I can tell you, we can share with you the path to salvation through Jesus Christ. And if you feel like I'm speaking to you now, if that's you, you need to get right with God. Maybe you've fallen away, you need to return to God. There during their last song, I'm going to encourage you to go by Pastor Travis right under the cross and talk to him and he'll pray with you as well. Well, listen, God bless you. Thank you for being here. The uh, ushers will be at the back for your giving as you go and remember our missionary and the Christmas things. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for being here. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. Uh, for everyone else, you can be dismissed at this time, and uh, we just pray that you have a blessed day today.